0: Welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Fearless Movement Collective, the home of queer fitness and health. And here's your host, Bowie Stover.
1: Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode seven. Yeah, my, my name is Bowie Stover. my pronouns are they and I'm super stoked to have you join me today. Before we jump in, I want to acknowledge that the show is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded, and I pay my respects to the Elders past, present, and emerging. On today's episode, we're having a chat with a very special guest. We have Zay Cantors here with us today. They are my business partner, my partner in mischief, and an incredible member of the Melbourne trans and gender diverse community. We'll be hearing about their experiences with their identity, transitioning, training, and what has helped them become the incredible human that they are today. So Zay, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. Hey,
0: Bo. Thanks for inviting me. And how good was that introduction? very good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It kind of sounds a little familiar. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes we get very special people to do our voiceovers for us. Very special. Very special. Anyway, (laughs) Zay, would you like to share with us a little about who you are? I was going to ask you to share your pronouns, but I kind of said them. But if you want to share your pronouns as well and a little about yourself. To everyone out there listening.
0: I would love to share a little bit more about myself. So my name is Zay. I use they them pronouns and I am the co-founder and mindset coach of Fearless Movement Collective. <laughs> <laughs> and in that, so, so we started FMC about four years ago and At the same time, I became a life coach because I was really passionate about helping people quit drinking alcohol, which is the other business that I started at the same time, which was a really bad idea starting two (laughs) businesses at the same time. But it had been like a five-year journey for me quitting drinking. And I'd created a, a support group online and I'd come to a point where I really wanted to help them in a way that actually was helpful instead of just having conversations and sharing my story and suggesting things that I had done so I became a life coach and I in in all everything that I learned there I was exploring my own gender identity and in that time um, I came out as gender fluid and during my experience like becoming a a life coach I, d- I was doing all of this internal work like learning about who I really was what I really cared about how I really felt on the inside and I found it extremely fulfilling to really f- like love myself and feel amazing in my, my body when I for most of my life I hated myself and who I was and my body and everything about it and could not understand anything about gender. It hadn't even crossed my mind. And so now I've used those skills that I've learned in being a life coach and understanding why we do what we do to our business, Fearless Movement Collective, to help people with their transition and just get to know themselves a little bit more and asking questions that can really get uh, get people to start thinking about you know, what really brings happiness and fulfillment into their lives. And also the other things that I do in FMC is the back-end stuff. So you probably don't really see me that much. You probably see Bo most of the yep. time, but I'm I'm very much like in the background. Um, I spent the first two years pulling my hair out, trying to build a website. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was challenging because I had really long dreads at the time, and I think they were kind of falling out by the end. <laughs> but now I'm like super geeky and I geek out on You're all totally of the tech. Out on it. Like coding.
1: <laughs> I and love like, it. Bo, look at this amazing thing. And it's just like all these. With his writing on a screen and i was just like, mmm, that's great, Zay. Eh? Yeah,
0: it's very interesting. I do all of the I do all of the back end things that Bowie doesn't like doing, like the finances and the bookkeeping and the I hate all of this stuff, but yeah, we, we make a good team. It works. You're yeah. good at that stuff. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's my role in, in FMC. And um, some other things that I love is snowboarding, passionate about snowboarding skateboarding I love skateboarding I'm not that good I'm all right I'm not that good you're, you're pretty good um but I just yeah I love doing it I love anything that's board riding except I don't know how to surf I suck at surfing <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more scared of waves anyway I love bouldering that's like my new thing because now I live in Melbourne there's so many bouldering places around yeah and my two dogs our two dogs Archie and Floki they're the best they are pretty great yeah And that's a bit about me. (laughs) Thanks, Zee.
1: Can you tell us how you've explored transitioning and what
0: ways you have chosen to transition? Mm. So I didn't start... It's really uh, hard to define the line between transitioning and not transitioning. Mm. When does that really begin? Right. Um, Right. Because from a very young age, I always... hated the clothing that my parents that my mom made me wear mm-hmm. and did totally my feel that. <laughs> did my best we actually ordered clothes from magazines and they had the boys section and then the girls section and then you would have to like choose the clothes that you wanted to get sent to you and you just cho- chose the right size did without I even know trying them on you could pick clothes from a magazine to get sent yeah really yeah wow and i i remember like just only having a look at the girls section, but then always looking at the boy section, being like, I wanna wear those clothes, like these khaki like I don't know, pants with these cool lizard brown anyway, neutral colours instead of like pink. <laughs> and how old were you at, when
1: that was happening?
0: Maybe like five. Yeah, or wow six. Okay. Or seven, maybe. Wow ages ago yeah and I would choose those clothes and I remember the first time that mum was like fine you can have that like matching two-piece um outfit <laughs> like shorts and shirt yeah it was like, like a that. matching like <laughs> pair of pants and, and shirt from the boys section and I was stoked and I wore it everywhere and I loved it and that was kind of I guess me expressing my like how I felt my identity and um yeah I guess that's the beginning it's been challenging throughout my life to define exactly like when, but I remember the first time that I even heard that non-binary was a thing and that was a few years ago when my friend came out to me as non-binary and I was like, what is that? And they, they shared with me what that meant and I immediately rejected it. I was just like, nah, you can't have that. That's not a thing. Like you can't just – Choose. I was just like, nah, this is ridiculous. And then, but I just kind of thought about it, because deep down, that's what I wished I could do. That's what I believe, thought that I was. But I had given up on that such a long time ago. Yeah. There was a point in my life when I was, I think, eighteen, where I've where I was seventeen, where I'd copped so much shit from my mom for what I wore. And being the person who I wanted to be, that I made a decision that I would not be who I wanted to be. I would be the person that, that my mum wanted to be so that she would be happy, so that she would get off my back. And she did get off my back for a while yeah. because I started wearing girls' clothes and you know. She would have acting, loved that, <laughs> she loved that acting the way that she did. And I and I hated myself for it, but at the same time I thought I was being a good person. Mm. I thought I was being, you know, a good girl. Mm. And so when I heard about, you know, non-binary, I was just like, no, that's not fair because I couldn't have that. Yeah. And it was only until a couple of years after, after we had met and we were talking about um, and you were coming out. It was like around 2016. Yeah. Yeah. and And it was only after a year of us talking about it and you coming out as being non-binary that I was just like, oh my god that's this is me too yeah. <laughs> you know
1: yeah, you shared you had like all those memories that you'd kind of repressed of being a younger child and feeling
0: yeah feeling
1: like quite male,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, when I was a child, I thought that I was um a a boy trapped in a girl's body, um I think around eight years old, and I thought God had made a mistake mm. I actually thought God had made a mistake and put me in the wrong body and I was too afraid to even think about it because if he knew, well, if God knew what I was thinking, then I would go to hell. Yeah. So I kind of forced myself to stop thinking about it and just accept the fact that I'm a girl. So, yeah, I think I think if I lived with a family or in a situation or environment where it was okay to be trans, I think I would have transitioned a lot younger and had a lot more love for myself, but I definitely transitioned late. Oh, I guess that's kind of subjective, <laughs> but yeah, since, and I, I even remember before I even considered non, being non-binary or gender fluid or understanding my own gender identity, I remember training and started, started running. I ran every day and I wrote down all the reasons why I wanted to run to keep me motivated. And my number one reason for running was to make my boobs smaller (laughs) because I hated having such big boobs. And I didn't think think anything of it. To me, that was just something like, this is just how I want to look. And this is the one thing that really motivates me. And then looking back on my diary and kind of seeing that, I was like, wow, I had no idea. But... I think all of those things are just an accumulation of tiny little things, tiny little things that I did to transition and affirm my own gender identity without me even knowing.
1: (laughs) Amazing. When you started practicing running um, and kind of unintentionally physically transitioning in that way through physical activity, can you tell us um, a bit more about what your experiences have been with physical activity?
0: Mm. Yeah, so for myself, I've always been a bit of an active person, um, but I've always had been a very big drinker. So those two things kind of went hand in hand for me. Um, on one stage I loved being active, snowboarding, skateboarding, um, just running around being an idiot. <laughs> That's not really physical activity, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> Anything active. Running drunk. <laughs> <laughs> running down the street. <laughs> um, Getting well, chased I mean, by people. <laughs>
1: Technically it's running. So <laughs> when you can't, you can't define it. It's like, well, if it, it's only physical activity if it's done in a specific setting. So any sort yeah. of physical activity counts as physical activity. Yeah. I think it's just counteracted by the amount of alcohol you may have consumed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and also, I was in the army. Uh, I was a combat engineer in the army reserves for four years, yeah. um, which was an amazing experience, but also, and physically, very physically active, <laughs> um, but also fueled my addiction to alcohol. Um, cause they drink a lot in the army and it's very cheap to drink in the army. And yeah, so while I was physically active, my drinking always outweighed the, the positive effects of that physical activity. So, yeah. And I think even though I was active, I did have a problem with binge eating and binge drinking. So while I really wanted to look the way that I wanted, that that I felt really good as it wasn't happening because I was just drinking so much and and binge eating, really, really um, hectically, and bulimic as well. But then when I got to a stage in my life where I realized this is not the person who I want to be, and I got a coach myself who helped me to really understand what was important to me and what I wanted to do with my life because I didn't really have much direction, I quit drinking alcohol, which was a huge step for me, and I started actually caring about my body and my health, and I started doing things like walking. I wasn't ready for running, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I started walking, just doing a small walk in the morning, which totally changed my life. I would say walking was the one thing, like one thing that really did some some really something really positive for me. Yeah. And it was just so simple. I think just getting out in nature and moving my body got me out of this um, depression that I was in. And also, I had really bad back issues. I had damaged my back. Um, like when I was 18 and never got it fixed and never got it looked at. It's like a bulged disc that a you bulged, in,
1: your da- in your back.
0: Yeah, bulged disc. And like my many years of housekeeping didn't help with that and yeah. not, not ha- having very good posture, not training, and snowboarding and skateboarding probably weren't good for my back either. So I was at a stage at, when I was 25 where my back was just in so much pain. But when I quit drinking, I was like, all right, my back is the one thing that I want to fix as well. So get physically active, get healthy, start eating better, stop drinking alcohol, <laughs> stop like sabotaging my life and start working towards the things that I really, really want. And I want to have a great relationship with my body, with my family, with myself, with my friends and, and all of that. And, and getting active was yeah, it was a really great way for me to sus- help sustain myself, do all of those things. And from walking, when when I started walking so far and I was like, all right, I need to spend less time walking and get further, <laughs> I started running.
1: Yeah.
0: And I got really good at running. Like I was running 10Ks like every morning and I became almost obsessive. I would do like half marathons like every couple of weeks. That's intense. <laughs> and I loved it. Um Just beating, I think beating personal bests or something like that just kind of made me feel really good. But I found that it wasn't helping my back. Mm. My back problems were still there. And that's when we met and we got together and you were a personal trainer. I was just like, very cool. Now I have my own personal personal trainer. Free personal trainer. (laughs) And so I started strength training. Yeah. And I never thought of strength training. I always kind of looked at it as like, what are the... These people who are like trying hard while it like, looking good, or I don't know. I think I had my own judgments towards people who trained, and I thought somehow running was different. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, because it wasn't in a gym space. Like so, yeah. leading up to that, had you ever considered even looking at going to some sort of training space, or was it just that for you, doing that thing on your own, which was walking and then running, was was where you felt more comfortable?
0: Yeah, I loved just being on my own, like going for walks and going for runs on my own and being by myself was something that I really enjoyed. I had not thought about strength training or being in a gym space. It was something that I'd kind of rejected a long time ago. I never really considered. Yeah. I was just like, nah, I, I don't want to do it. But because I'm all about trying new things and doing, doing stuff that I know it's going to be beneficial for me, even though it's probably not going to be fun or enjoyable, then... Wait,
1: are you talking about training? Yes. you reference not being fun and
0: enjoyable? Well, I never thought it would be fun and enjoyable. <laughs> I was kind of like, Ugh, like, you know, yeah. training. Blah. Yeah. But once I started training and actually doing like lifting weights and getting stronger, that um, like incredibly fixed my back pain. Incredible. Incredible. Like, (laughs) because I had been to physios, chiros, myotherapists, I don't know, Reiki. I did everything on my lower back to fix it. And what I was looking for was a quick fix, someone yeah. to crack something back into place. But I realised nothing needed cracking back into place. It was yeah. actually fine. It just needed to get strength into it. Yeah, and the I muscles realized,
1: needed to support the spine better. Yeah, yeah,
0: and running wasn't actually making me stronger. Like I think it was building... muscular
1: <laughs> like, um, fitness for sure.
0: Yeah, like I could go on and on and on. Yeah, But I could not... I just had no strength in me, no muscles. And the feeling of doing strength training, actually feeling like I have muscles there and my back not hurting all the time has been just life-changing for me. And I'm and it actually helped me to just lose a whole lot more weight in my chest. Mm. Um, whereas running, I could run, you know, every single day and that wasn't really helping, <laughs> you know. It was helping a little bit yeah. but I was just like I'm doing so much yet I'm not – getting the results that I want from it. Yeah. Um, but training with with kettlebells with you was like, wow, this is, this is actually getting me the res- results that I want. Amazing. So if
1: you were to compare your relationship with your body when you are physically active compared to when you aren't, what do you find are the biggest differences? Because I know for you, even like you started training with me, but... It's been like periods where you've been off and on with training because it hasn't been that that kind of consistent. It's not like we got together and it's just like boom, now you train every day and you and you're always doing the thing because you know it's it's kind of been that gradual introduction for you and mm. you've had those times where yeah you've because of you know life stuff and our businesses and all that sort of thing you've actually stopped training for like a year or so and like have had those breaks mm. in between. So contrasting those periods when you're not as physically active compared to the
0: periods where you are, what would you say you find are the biggest differences? Oh, it's such a big difference. Like, um, when I'm, yeah, from when we started training together, I never really, I, I didn't pick it up just like you did. Cause you tell me about your story. It's like, oh, from the moment that I started training, I just loved it and just did it like all of the time. Yeah. It definitely wasn't like that for me. Yeah. I did a session and was like, "Ah, oh, this feels like shit."
1: <laughs> and I was, I was video training you because I was still living in Queensland um, after we got together. So I remember I would, I would send you video programs to follow along to. So you were down here doing it by yourself. Yeah, your mum just happened to have a kettlebell randomly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I felt a lot of dysphoria because it really highlighted to me especially those first couple of sessions highlighted to me how weak I really was and because I was filming myself because I wanted to send it to you to look at my form I had to look at myself Mm. in the mirror and look at my body and I was just like oh god like that's what I look like and I'm doing these moves that make my butt stick out because usually I wouldn't put myself into that position you know I would kind of slouch a bit so that you know my my chest was less visible I wouldn't stick I wouldn't pull my shoulders back I would kind of tuck my butt in and kind of so that I wouldn't look like I have much of a I don't know I'd kind of stand in a particular way all the time so that I would be perceived differently I Mm -hmm. guess unconsciously yeah um and then doing say doing a squat or doing oh, a swing. A, or a deadlift where you got to a poke your butt right out there. I had to <laughs> stick my butt out, which was the first time I've ever stuck my butt out like that ever. Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable just putting myself in that situation. Even but at home by yourself. Even at home by myself when yeah. no one was looking. I actually recorded myself on video, took one look at it and decided not to send it to you. Oh. I've still got the... <laughs> I really? still got those videos because no I was way. so embarrassed of, of, I don't know, like how I looked. I yeah. was so ashamed of me doing these exercises and how I looked and all the, I don't know.
1: That starting point can be so hard It's it, because when you first start moving, it's having that realisation. It very clearly highlights exactly where you're at physically mm. and within your body and how how you feel in your body doing those movements. Mm. Yeah, it can be quite confronting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But even though it was uncomfortable to do and I really thoroughly disliked it, I did it anyways and I did it for myself and I also did it because I was really, like, into you. <laughs> 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 and I wanted to, like, impress you. and <laughs> You'd so impress that's... me
1: before you started training. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, anyways, (laughs) I also did it because I knew that that it would be good for me and I I knew that this is something that someone would usually pay for and here I was getting free, you know, PT sessions and I was like, you know, if it's free I'm going to use it to the best of my, um, you know, not take advantage of it. Um, Don't take advantage of me. No, it hasn't, <laughs> I'd never take advantage of you. Mm, thanks. Um, but in in response to your original question about the difference, um, yeah, because I definitely have had periods where I haven't trained and where I have trained. And there are those times where you say, hey, I'm going to go training. Would you like to come? And I am doing work <laughs> and I would be so focused on work and I will just be like, nah. And I would have this battle in my mind. Mm. Should I go? No, I don't really want to go. Oh, I, I got work to do. That's a good excuse. Mm. Like I really got to get this thing done. Yeah. Oh, but I only take an hour. And it would be this battle. And most of the time I would, my mind would get the better of me. And I'd be like, nah, I got to do this work. And it would be like every day. Or like every couple of days you'd ask me and I'd have this battle and then I'd say no and then I'd feel shit about myself and I would be, you know, putting on weight in places that I didn't want to put weight on and I would be feeling sluggish, I wouldn't have energy, I would be sleeping in and I just felt really terrible. It was not good for my mental health and there are definitely times in the past five years since we've been together where I would fall into these stages of depression where I'd feel like there's no point in doing anything and that I'm a failure and that, you know, I have everything. I have this training studio. I have this personal trainer as my partner and I can't even make it to a training session in months. And it felt like I was giving up on myself. But then sometimes I just pull myself together and be like, say, pull yourself together (laughs) stop thinking so much. Yeah, and the times do. where I started actually going to my trainings yeah. was when I stopped having that battle in my mind. And the answer to your question was just like, yes. And I just have to get up straight away. So the moment that you say like, I'm going to do a training session, would you like to come? I would just immediately put my stuff down and just get up
1: yeah.
0: And just, which is kind of not allowing my mind you, to think.
1: You make training a non-negotiable.
0: Yeah, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. It's only an hour or 45 minutes out of the day. Yeah. Um, I've been spending the last six hours working. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to get up off this couch yeah. or this my, my desk. Um, and And I feel amazing when I'm training. My back pain comes back. When I stop training, so all of the pains and aches they just happen again, and I realize that if I want to live my life without that constant pain in my body and back from just being sore and achy from not training, then I got to train regularly, and that it's not always easy. And if I'm going to actually make the decision to to do it, then I got to not not have that battle in my mind, not allow that battle to happen because your mind will always win. You'll always come up with an excuse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the differences are, are huge and I, my my mental health when I'm training and when I'm doing something physically active. Like right now I'm bouldering like once or twice a week as well mm-hmm. and that is – oh, it's cha- changed my life, yeah. Amazing.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Zay. That's been really – like just, you've had a journey, right? And it just highlights how it's not always smooth, how anytime a person decides to get physically active, it's not, it's not going to be just like a linear thing. You don't just start training and then things, things never get in the way and life is perfect. And, you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's never like that. It's, it's, Usually the opposite.
0: Yeah, it's definitely hasn't hasn't been a smooth journey, me and my training.
1: Yeah. Um
0: even though even though I've had all the opportunities to train, um, it doesn't mean anything if if you don't make the decision to train and I made the decision not to train so many times. Mm. But I do. never gave up. Yeah. That's you know, it. and yeah. that was the like the reason why I'm here today and I I love who I am, I love my body. Like, it's not perfect. It's not exactly how I want it to be, but I'm building a connection with it. And even though I've dropped off so many times, I've never given up Yeah, fully. Yeah.
1: And that, that determination to keep coming back long term, that's going to do more for you and be more beneficial than trying to always be perfect. Like, it's okay. It's okay to stop. And like, as shocking as it may seem, there's even been times where I've dropped off my training like just not trained as much. <laughs> <Totally shock. laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's totally a thing that happens. I've had periods where I've gone, you know, maybe training just once a week for, you know, an extended period. For, for me, that's, that's a big shift down from what I would usually do, but it just highlights that life will get in the way because life is unpredictable and things will happen. And it's, doesn't matter, it's the mindset of it doesn't matter what's going to happen, I'm going to get back into it. I know I'm going to get back into it. So it's okay. It's okay that this is happening now, because I know that I'm going to get back into it. And long-term, that's what leads to it. That's how I've been able to train for like seven years. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it doesn't matter if I stop now, because I know I'm going to get back into it. And it's okay. Yeah, I'm having a break. That's okay. Have a break. If If I'm not feeling it right now, that's okay. But there's that point where you have to start making that decision. It's like, okay, how long am I going to put this off for? And kind of, yeah, that, like that inner battle that you spoke out about, As that feel, that's the shittest feeling. When you've got the, those two voices in your head, it's like, oh, I should train. Oh, but don't because of this. It's like, why are you giving me excuses? No, but seriously, don't because of this. And it's like, but I want to train. Yeah, but don't because of this. And it's just like, Shush!
0: <laughs> why, why are you telling me that? <laughs> this is not what I need to hear right now. <laughs> it's exactly the same as people who are addicted to alcohol or yeah. any kind of drugs. So we have that that battle, that argument in our mind. Um, one part of us is wanting us to do the to do the thing that is actually going to get us the results we want, and there's another part of us that's saying. Do the thing that's going to – that you always do. Yeah. Do the, um you know, do the self-sabotage thing because yeah. it's what you always do. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, and it's the worst feeling. I think that that feeling and that that situation is worse than being in a tough training session. <laughs> it feels worse because mm. well, yeah, once you've just made that decision and it's you're like, okay, I'm just going to do it, that voice goes away. And it's like relieving. It's like oh,
0: finally it's not talking anymore. <laughs> yeah, once once I get into the training studio, that voice is gone. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I'm so glad I came here. Yeah, you never
1: you never regret going in and moving your body. Like Evan, you know you know don't go spend half an hour moving your body and then be like. Shit, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> it won't happen, you know? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: maybe well, if you injure yourself, but then, you know, maybe there's some other things going on there. But in general, like if you get in and it doesn't matter what you're doing, like you said, you start with walking, which is one of the most underrated activities anyone can do. Our bodies are made to walk. And it is such a perfect start, hey? And like for yourself as an introduction to your your physical transition without even that realization as well.
0: Mm. Or just getting out into nature if you can't walk. Like um, just uh, like walking was good, but it was also getting outside. Yeah. Getting outside my home. The fresh air. Seeing something different, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now you said that when you first started getting active, you didn't consider gyms because you looked at them and and you thought about the people in them and was like, ugh, that's not for me is can you share uh how the way that gyms portray themselves uh the way that training spaces or the fitness industry as a whole has portrayed itself how how that's impacted you and your decisions with getting physically active
0: yeah so i did join a gym when i was i'm not sure when i was at uni really? maybe maybe yeah. for like a little while like okay. genesis or something like oh, that yeah, with yeah, a yeah. friend we yeah. did it together um, but I never went with it. <laughs> you
1: were that person. <laughs> I was that person. Yeah, I'll train with you. Mm.
0: And I went there, and I they gave me this generic kind of gym training plan. Oh uh, yeah, you go around, you do like they five show minute you the machines. warm up. Yeah, yeah, go through each of the machines yep. and do this thing. And I, I was just so bored. What I I actually wanted to go and go into the weights, the free section, weight space. the free yeah. weight space. But there were all these, like, huge guys there that were, like, you know, just... Beefcakes. Beefcakes. Yeah. <laughs> looked really intimidating. Yeah. Also, there were mirrors everywhere. Mm. And I saw everyone, you know, looking at themselves in the mirrors. And I could barely look at myself. Yeah. I didn't want to look at myself at that time. And I'd kind of walk through and keep my eyes on the ground. so I wouldn't have to catch myself. And see how I looked because I was ashamed of my of my body. Yeah. Um, when I went there, I didn't like that aspect of it. Yeah. So there are a, a few things about gyms that I didn't really like. I I was hoping that I would maybe make some friends because mm. I would see people who would go to the gym together and they kind of looked like they were having some fun and people that would be you know having conversations. But I didn't. I didn't make any any friends. It was really – everyone kind of kept to themselves mm. um, and a bit clicky. Yeah, it just felt like something I did alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get I get why people love them yeah. and people go to them. It just wasn't somewhere that I really enjoyed going to.
1: <laughs> so what do you do if you can't follow your usual activities or your regular movement routine? Like, say, if, if you do get super busy now – um, or you know life in general, or if you're traveling and stuff. What kind of things do you plan for yourself to to help you f- still keep feeling good about
0: yourself? Yeah, this happens often because um, yeah, I do I have a lot of work and a lot of the time it, it gets in the way or I make excuses get in the way. But I do have a minimum that I, some minimum uh, physical activity that I do. and it's in my it's all in my morning routine. And that's my my morning routine is like changed over the years. And sometimes I've had one and sometimes I haven't had one. And usually when I don't have morning routine, I feel really crappy. I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. But if I do a morning routine and right now it's like I wake up in the morning, have a glass of water or two glasses of water, and then I do a warm up. So you taught me a warm up. And it's just like a 10-minute 10, ten minute thing where we go from head to toe, just moving all of our body parts. It's it's really good. I, I really enjoy doing it. I used to hate doing it. It felt like a training session in mm. itself, Yeah, but it was only the first 10 minutes. And I would be, <laughs> at the end of it, I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that was just the warm-up. Now I've actually got to do stuff. Yeah, But now it's one of the first things I do in the morning. Yeah, And as long as I've done a warm-up and I've just gotten myself warm and moving, then I feel good. And that is my thing. And if I train, then that's awesome. If I don't train, that's awesome. As long as I've done that, it's kind of like the minimum. So while I'm traveling or if I'm super busy or if I'm going away or whatever, then that's the one thing that always stays really constant.
1: Awesome. Yes. And it doesn't take much. Like, I think there's this perception that moving your body has to take a long time or has to be like a certain amount of things when really 10 minutes is enough to get your body moving, like get get all your muscles full of blood and, and get your heart rate up a little bit. And it takes 10 minutes for your body to realize it's being active and releasing endorphins, which is our feel good hormones. Right. Mm. So that's all it takes. 10 minutes of doing a thing. Mm. That's really that's really cool, and it can and it's manageable, right? Like ten minutes is pretty manageable.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do have the thought sometimes, like, oh, you know, I'll just jump straight into work, and then I'm like, no, no way. (laughs) It's only (laughs) ten minutes. Just do it. Yeah, and as soon as I do the first move, as soon as I start doing my head movements, yeah, I move my head up and just up and down. Yeah, you can't see me, but I'm doing it, looking (laughs) up and down. Yeah, just looking up and down. Um, As soon as I start. Then I've started. Yeah. There's no more like, should I do it? Should I not do Starting it? Starting the hardest part. Yeah. Yes. And also bouldering is part of my routine now. Mm. Not my morning routine, but every week I'll go b- bouldering on a Tuesday morning and just making that a non-negotiable thing yeah. that just always happens. It's in my schedule. Yeah. Is really, is really good as well.
1: Amazing. So I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could have, like, the perfect place where you train or move your body, like, what would it look like? What would it have in it? How would it be displayed to the world with messaging and imagery and all that sort of thing? Like, what would be your dream space to move your body?
0: Ah, oh, this is awesome. Okay. It would be... <laughs> it would be Kind of like our training studio, so we've got a training studio, and there's heaps of affirming messages and post like uh, queer posters like all over the walls flags. and flags, flags. All, all <laughs> it's the queer flags. Yeah. All of the kettlebells are rainbow yes. coloured. They're so good. So I, it would definitely have equipment, um, like a space that's as, as affirming as ours and as safe as ours. I would love it to be bigger so that we have more equipment. Yeah, and also. It would have to have a skate bowl in it somewhere <laughs> so that it, after a training session, I'll just go skateboarding right. <laughs> and also a bouldering wall. Yeah. Definitely yep. some kind of bouldering thing. That would be really, really cool. So it'd have to be a much bigger space. Yeah, much bigger. <laughs> like a warehouse perhaps. Yeah, like a warehouse. Definitely. Yeah. And lots of parking so that parking never runs out and it's free parking and <laughs> Do I keep going. Coffee, yeah. really good coffee. What kind of
1: people coffee. would be going there?
0: The people would – it doesn't matter. <laughs> just as long as they're friendly and um, not judgmental, then I think they just – anyone who just is accepting of all, all people. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you wear as well. Like you don't have to wear like your gym Our brand clothes. brand name stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be – the ultimate training space. Oh, I wish I had more time to think about this because I would probably keep going. <laughs> Did I say good coffee? Yeah. Good coffee. good coffee. <laughs> Maybe or like smoothies. Coffee. Yeah. They would sell like smoothies and stuff. Yeah. Um, they would have a lounge space as well so that after I could probably do some work and chill and do reading. Some really nice like bathrooms with like shower, like really nice showers. Yeah. With like really heavy like a heavy flow heavy, water. Yeah. Yeah. Really good pressure. Yeah. And like multiple non-gendered toilets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great.
1: Very cool. That sounds like a pretty amazing space. Yeah. One day when we're rich. Oh. <laughs> we'll make that happen. <laughs> make it happen. Amazing. Zay, thank you for coming along and joining me today in my booth. For recording
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for inviting me to your booth I've really enjoyed it
1: <laughs> all righty thanks so much and and I just want to share with you all of you out there listening that it doesn't matter where you start it doesn't matter if you're perfect it doesn't matter if you take a break but just taking the step to do one small thing for yourself can make the biggest difference maybe, maybe not now but long term. No future you will thank you for moving your body for 10 minutes right now in any way that you can. Mm. And you are totally capable of doing that. And it doesn't have to be structured. Take a 10 minute walk. Wherever you start is perfect. And you've got this. You can do it. Have a rad day, pals.